Good morning and welcome to the new media show. I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenley. Good morning, Rob. How are you? Good, Todd. It's good to be back on the on the show. I know I was gone last week and Daniel J. Lewis filled in and did a terrific job, it sounds like, uh, talking about a lot of uh, stuff happening last week in the podcasting space. So he was a perfect guy to have on the show yeah, as a Rob replacement. Right. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> a Rob replacement. We, ha- we had a great show and I'm glad Daniel was on and... Uh, but I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm troubled this morning. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you are. I'm I'm 24 hours into withdrawals because I have <laughs> been locked out of Facebook. I know it's it's so sad. Are you having the, the shakes or are you just plain mad? I'm just. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, fucking mad. I am I really. I'm I'm angry. So I don't know what I triggered. I woke up yesterday morning. You know my my wife's in Japan for the funeral, and I've been updating the family on everything has been going on and that's really been our primary way of communications yeah pictures information blah 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 because everybody is asking what's going on what's going on what's going on and i woke up yesterday morning and says oh we selected you for a one in a five million chance and doing a security uh, validation please send us your copy of your id and i thought originally it was a scam i thought what what is this yeah, Facebook, Facebook asking for my ID, please. Yeah. So I uh, Googled around a little bit, and sure enough. So, you know, I took a picture of my driver's license and, you know, did what they said. Just show the picture, the, the birth date, and your name. Sent it in to them about three hours later. Got an email back, said, hey, <laughs> screw you. Uh, this, uh, this, this account does not match. Your birthday's different. I'm like, yeah. And, so- uh... Because yeah. I'm because of identity theft, I've never set my birth date in this the exact date on any social media site. I've always just picked a random date. Yeah. And uh, yes, that's for, here's here's a heads up. Do you want to lose your Facebook account? Have the wrong birth date in your in your system. It's a good it's a good lesson. Now, I, I mean, I totally agree with your practice of using a different uh, birth date because that can be aligned with like your social security number, and you've got some issues potentially with identity theft. Um, so it makes sense to do that, but I guess if you forget what date you use, well, it's um, it's not even a matter of date, Rob. Oh, it's not. No, because oh, it has oh, it's to. Because it doesn't match. It doesn't your ID. match. Yeah. 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 That's right. Okay, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like. What do you do? So, you know, I said, I replied, and I then I took a picture of my retired military ID, took a picture of my passport, took a picture of a couple of credit cards, because they uh, recommend that, uh, library card, uh, X'd out, I sent again, sent everything back, saying, listen, I'm happy to change my birthday, but I you know, have done this because of identity theft issues, and I'm who I am. This account's like, Eight years old, however long Facebook's been online, this is me, and uh, yeah, no response. Yeah. So uh, here's here's a lesson though, and this is preach. I'm preaching the choir here because I've been saying this for years. You can never trust a third party service ever if you don't own it. If it's not your dot com, if it's not your point of presence. You can't trust you can't trust these SOBs. You can't. Cuz you know, if my account can be taken away, anybody's account can be taken away. Yeah. Well, unless you 
strictly follow all all of their rules, you know. Um, if you try and protect yourself and do like you did, uh, that's that's the danger, right? right and it's right. it it's a privacy issue, yeah. Right? Yeah. Those guys want to get accurate information from everybody. And you know, and my mom told me the date she thinks I put in the system. I think it's November twelfth is the date that I put in their system, and that's nowhere near my birthday because she went back and looking for. You know, she she follows my profile and she was looking for when people were, were wishing me happy birthday because you know how it pops up and I always you know it always and but I thought you know to be honest with you though I thought I had changed it uh at some point but you know who looks at that stuff so um yeah I'm I'm high and dry <laughs> and you know what man's what may end up happening I may have to ultimately I may lose not only do I lose my personal profile with thousands of posts thousands of friends that I took how many years to build up. And I also, I, you know, whatever pictures I put in there, which, you know, I, I, I have masters of those. So I didn't lose pictures yeah. per se. I lost my business accounts because geek new central's landing page is on my profile. So I've lost my pages that I had set up. So it's not just my personal, it's, it's a, it's, it's devastating. Yeah. Well, you told me that you had re- reached out to Robert Scoble to maybe yeah. um, get his thoughts, and yeah. and he's a great contact because I know he he knows lots of guys, lots of folks over at Facebook. So you so, know this this may run its course before it's all done. Yeah, no, it's I'm I'm pretty confident that you'll figure out a way to get your account back. It's just a matter of you know how long is it going to take, right? Right. How so, many hoops you're going to have to jump, and so you know, and I'm afraid to make another account in the meantime. But I, you know, I'm telling all of my teammates at Raw Voice because you know we we have huge social interactions going on with customers and everything else on yeah. there. And I said, you guys got You guys got to cover. I, I, I'm not. I'm out. <laughs> you know, tapped out. <laughs> yeah, you're. You're off the field, right? You're. I'm, uh, I'm on off the, the the injured reserve list. Right, right. I'm, I'm no longer a player. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and yesterday I was kind of in distress. I thought eh, this would take a couple hours, you know, yeah, to work out. And I, you know, I was calm, breathing nicely. My last night, and I'm like, I come over to my computer, and I'm like, oh, well, I guess I can check Twitter. <laughs> and uh, meanwhile, I'm getting texts from family members saying, "What? What the is? You know." <laughs> They're they're they wanting to know what's going on in Okinawa. Well, yeah, because it's not like your your Facebook page is down. People can get to it. No, it's gone. It's gone. Oh, it's completely it's offline. It's gone. It's oh, off. you know what? I was looking for your phone number on it, my phone last night, and because my phone synchronizes with Facebook, and you're right, I couldn't find it's you in my gone. contacts. It's gone. Oh yeah, that's right. You see? Wow. You sync your phone with facebook oh my god rob well no it's the the facebook app <clears throat> synchronizes all my contacts that i have in facebook with my contact list in my phone so Whoa. yeah so i have that, like a hub hub page you know i use um the windows phone platform and so each contact that i have has a page in the my people app right and it it combines all the accounts from like uh um, Skype and Twitter and 
Facebook and Instagram all into one screen. That yep. I, I, I just tap a button and I can contact anybody. Well, so, well, I'm, yeah. I'm no longer here because I know exactly. because you rely on that. See, now you're, you're screwed and I'm even more screwed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I would have to create a whole separate account in here uh, that's separate from Facebook just for you, you know, which it's, is fine. It's I don't just, mind doing that. It's insane. I, I mean, yeah. it's, uh, so, you know, I, I, I got a taste of my own medicine here. I've been preaching to podcasters for 10 years, but this is the truth. This is the truth. If you, if you are, you, you can be just, you're, okay, the company can go out of business. They can lock you out because they say, I don't like you. Or number three, if, well, first of all, you know, my account wasn't doing anything it wasn't supposed to. Yeah. But yet I just, I got rolled up into some security check because I'm, yeah. I, I, what I'm because reading somebody is, somebody flagged you. Someone flagged me. Some asshole yeah. was probably jealous yeah. and flagged me. And that's what happens what their motivation now. Was, right? mm -hmm. yeah. Could be business motivation or whatever, you know. And uh, um, and then I have a couple of suspicions. Uh, it's not podcast related. It's not podcast business related, but it's my podcast related. Oh, yeah. I'm, I have a suspicion because I had recently got an uh, an email from someone. See. Well, I'll just leave it at this, but um, I, 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 it could have been someone just being malicious and said he's a Martin. And I don't even know how you do that in Facebook, mark this count as a spammer or whatever. So, or, or he isn't who he says he is or whatever. But um, it just goes to prove don't, uh, don't mess around on Facebook and have your right birthday in there because if you get locked out, you, you know, I, I would be back online if I'd had the right birthday. Yeah. So, you know, sue me for trying to protect my identity. You know, that's what, yeah. you know, if they would opt it so people couldn't see your birthday, they say, oh, you're your friends. They can see your birthday. I, okay. We all know that in our Facebook profiles, we have lots of people that are friends that are beyond direct, like, hey, bud, you know, high five. You know, we've, we've all, yeah, I can't, I can't turn off these birthday notifications on my, on my phone and all my computers. Right. It's, I mean, I get like, I don't know, 15, 20 birthday no notifications every day. And it's like they're, they're just constantly popping up and I, I can't turn it off. So it's just, you know, it's like yeah. it's one and it's, you know, they say, oh, man, Todd's birthday is da, da, da. Let, let yeah. me write that down now. Uh, oh, I know, he, you know, from his podcast that he grew up here and, uh, you know, that people can make assumptions about your identity and if they want to steal it, yeah. you know, if you're online like I am and you are as much as we are. Yeah. So how do you protect yourself from that? I guess you don't. I guess you roll the dice. I guess you have to use accurate information in order to keep your status if you want to play play the game. Yeah. yeah. And, and unfortunately, this world is uh, has changed. I think yeah. you have to play the game. But um, but I, I I don't think, to be honest with you, that Facebook should require should should you that you should be given the option to not have your birthday be announced to everybody. Yeah. You know. If that was the case, then I would be, but you know, everyone's being hacked all these times now. So I, that's the issue I have with it. They ask yeah. you where you're fucking born on this thing. And they, what is, what is that? That's one of the key, you know, key things that were, you know, from a identity theft thing. Where were you born? Yeah. You know, that's right. So, 
Yeah, that is so. That is true. So you know, I, I'm getting. I, hey, I had a great evening. I read, I read uh, some. You know, I read a book and. Uh, <laughs> Todd's going old school. That's good. <laughs> anyway, it's enough on Facebook. But yeah, that's why we're not on Facebook tonight. And if you know anybody on Facebook, I would, uh, I definitely appreciate a, you know, help a brother out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's oh. crazy. Well, we well, had there's do, go ahead. lots of stuff going on in the podcasting space. Yeah. It looks like, and um, and you you guys talk about the IEB document, and I've I've read through that document, and and um, it's it's kind of what I expected, but I, I guess I was expecting a little more. But, yeah. But but that's okay. It's a good start. Yeah. Daniel said he wished there was a little more meat too. Yeah. And but you know, I also yeah, understand were, because I was on the committee for a while. Um, <laughs> what what the factors were that went into getting that thing out the door, even though it took what almost two years to even get that out the door. Yeah, twenty that, months. That that kind of tells you a little bit. Just just the time frame tells you a little bit about the struggle that went on behind the scenes to even get that far. <laughs> well, you're no longer an IEB member right now, so that's right. Any thoughts right. on the? You know, you, maybe you can t- talk a little about behind baseball. I can't. Well, I don't really. I mean, it's it's been many months since I was on that committee. I know um, Arena talked to me uh, and continues to talk to me off and on. Um, you know, she was really wanting me to be on that committee. And I was, you know, of course, they're always trying to recruit new companies to be in there. And Spreaker decided not to be involved because um, – Frankly, Spreaker is is not currently a big advertising platform. We we just don't do a lot of advertising, so it's not a not a big priority for the company to be involved in the advertising space right now. But um, that's not to say that that's not going to be the case in the future. And when we get more involved in the advertising side, uh, that that'll be justification that we get involved in that committee. But in the meantime, I think that the the document is a good first step and there there was certainly a lot of conflict that went on in that process just from my own experience um at the early stages of being involved in that committee um you know there's two sides we've talked about this many times i, I mean if you're a follower of this show i think you have a a, a pretty good glimpse of uh, what the friction was um because we we talk about that on this show all the time um there's two sides. There's the radio and online radio side, and then there's the pure play podcasting side. And and you can read through that document, and you can kind of see that um, those perspectives there. It's 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 the balance between streaming and downloading, and and understanding what those differences are. And I thought that the document did a pretty good job of um, drawing those clarification lines. But I could also tell that that there was a little bit of a tone in there about um, how downloading was bad, mm-hmm. right? and a problem uh, that, that needed to be fixed, even though that document really didn't address how that would be fixed. It just said that downloading was bad and there's all this missing data and all this kind of stuff. Um, so I was a little disappointed on that. Um, but I guess that's, that's, that's the reality. If you look at both sides of this issue, that's the, that's the perception and that's the way it is. Um, that doesn't mean that it's, entirely accurate it it just means that there's two two sides to this um issue and that document definitely reflects that i had um made the comment uh, many times that the 
suits are coming, the suits are coming, kind of like the Paul Revere thing, right? Yeah. And uh, that podcasters needed to pay attention to this. And um, I think that the document did do a, you know, there was some things in some early drafts that, uh, you know, I had some, I actually sent over replacement sentences, you know, sentences um, to try to um, shift some of the um, indecency. I don't even want to say bias. That's indecencies. In <laughs> can't even say it. Yes, biases out of the document, and it really wasn't biases. It was more. Um, you know, and you, you you have a writer that's writing this that is uh, I you know paid for by the uh, by the IEB, and in yeah. and they're trying to balance all this stuff that they're getting from all the companies. Yeah, and mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's again you're you're dealing with twenty three companies and twenty three different opinions and agendas, so you know you submit stuff as a you know as a replacement, and, and a lot of things I submitted were uh, cut and paste. They they took what I had sent and pasted it in. Um, but again, if you do, again, if you read through the document, you can definitely tell that there are, um, some, um, commentary in there that you're like, Hmm, just, you know, you just, but it, you know, I think we got to considering the challenges that we had and in, in getting through the document, I think I'm pretty happy with it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's, it's definitely a good step forward. Um, do you happen to know? <clears throat> or can, can you share in any way um, any discussions about kind of what's next, right? I, mean, I, 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 mean, I think everyone was just like, <sighs> glad that this is <laughs> got the first round done. done. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, was the, the the plan always? And I this was the perception that that I had. It was almost like I, it was too big of a project to think that that there was a a next stage to this because I never heard anybody talking about like step two in well the I, I, i'm sure we're gonna go back because there was some stuff that was left on the drawing table that was you know segments of stuff that was left out um yeah. just because it couldn't you know, not necessarily couldn't come to agreement but we didn't figure out how we could you know jimmy it in now I, i'm going to be straight up rob uh what's a little when, bit of a when, cart before the horse somewhat when when you were the definitions yeah when you were involved the the whole committee was together and then about the time you were no longer involved because it it, it split they took the they they the technical group did 90 percent of the heavy lifting on this thing um because what it did is it got the personalities out of the room and let the eggheads talk it through down at the NAB, yeah, also. Right. That ha- and that was about the time at the at 2015 NAB where that happened. So the yeah. so what will probably happen now, and then I'll have to ask Rena and the team, I'm sure at some point down the road they will probably look at, okay, what, what are next steps? Um, I, 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 you know, at this point I don't know. I think we're just kind of all glad we've got a document on the street. And as I told Daniel, um you know, our main point was, is that addendum to be able to at least get the basis of the addendum in there to, and if, if, if nothing else happens in that document and companies, um, pay attention to the addendum and implement just the very basic stuff that is in there, um, that'll go a long ways. 
mm-hmm. to um, level the playing field. And not only that, the terminology, the buyer's guide, the audio buyer's guide is in review. Um, I'm hearing they're doing fast turn on that. Um, matter of fact, comment for that was uh, is coming past. So uh, I would expect to see the audio buyer's guide update um, coming soon too. So um, two new documents updated on the street, or one new document and one updated one is shortly. But uh, um, you know, I, I think what you have is, and, and you know, let's be honest. <laughs> Had not Podtrack Libsyn and Blueberry joined. What do you think the document would look like, Rob? Oh, it would be really pushing pushing towards having everything be streaming. Um, and then, you know, downloading would be kind of like um, really much more aggressively pushed down as a as a priority. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'll kind of leave that at that, but it's it, it definitely. Um, you know, there was, it's, it, it was, it was a fun process and I, and I, you know, and I'm glad we were part of it and were able to contribute and, and, um, you know, and I, I think what it is too, is that, you know, I, I've and you and I've talked about this many times is that it, there are people in the space that absolutely hate, hate, if they could stop subscribe and download, they would, Yep. they, they, they would eliminate it. And, you know, and, and I just go back and I'm like, it's not going to happen. This is the, this is what got this space off the ground. That's what makes this space special. That's what makes, you know, that's why podcasting is the way it is. It's just not audio programming on the internet. Yeah. Well, I think that er early on too, I had expressed a desire for this, for for this committee to work towards standards, right? right? Real standards. And it was like, no, 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 we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. And that's, that's the question. I mean, if I was talking to, to Rena now, which I haven't talked to her since, since this document was put out, I, that would be my next question for her is that are you did that with your digital audio? Um, why, why are you hesitant to do that over here with podcasting? Well, and, and, in the, the addendum does have some standards. Yeah, Some rule I suppose, sets. but it's done in like this, this, it doesn't say that though. It just says, well, this is kind of like, this is a recommended These are the gu- guidelines. concepts, yeah. right? It's not really kind of like stating that this is, you know, 24 hours is the, you know, unique yeah. metric or is it here's, two hours? Is, I mean, it still leaves the door open for interpretation. And here's, and here's the next thing too, is you, you're not, um, Media buyers are not going to read this document. This or, doc, or half of it, or even kind of understand what right. the implications of it are. So again, this is for podcast companies and for um, for podcasters. Jeez. And I think if they uh, and and also you know give some guidance to media buyers just to ask questions. And yeah, um, yeah I think it does kind of set the table around definitions and, and aspects of the technology that are important. Um, and, and if to, everyone, yeah, and yeah. if everyone uses those definitions, if everyone goes to that terminology, and yeah. I hope that they do, um, it, it makes it easier to sell advertising too. Everyone's yeah. saying the same thing. And it does kind of set the table for maybe what's next, a, a true standards document. Um, I mean, I think it does kind of set the table for something that maybe is a little bit more 
um, strict. But I'm not sure, you know, is that IEB's role? I mean, is that your perception of it? Mm, well, they did pretty. They did some pretty strict rules on digital advertising impressions yeah, and all yeah. that stuff. So, okay, uh, well, yeah, then, they're they're not I, in the enforcement or saying you know they're not yeah. in the certification process, but they they do lay out standards. So, and I I think we'll see where we get. And we'll, hopefully, we'll have a round two here. But I, I'm uh, I think the thing to to realize is that um, the majority of podcast companies today are producing pretty good statistics and you know i haven't seen you know only with a couple of companies to do apples to oranges comparisons but um again if they follow the basics just the basics yeah. of the addendum that'll help a lot and you, you still have to watch out for fraud and filtering and all that stuff that sure. you know we talked and about. that's 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 mentioned in there so that's it's mentioned yeah yeah but you know no definitely no rule sets per se yeah. On filtering, but so I think in I mean if you look at the big picture of it, maybe this this helps the companies um start thinking a certain direction about how they they need to be thinking about their their filtering of their raw data logs. Um and then um that sets the table for probably easier acceptance of uh, a more rigid standard at some point. Yeah. because um, they're kind of already moving down that path, right? You know, and I think uh, those three pieces, you know, I think I use 11. I think Angela told me that we have 11 rule sets or 11, you know, basically the three that are on there are our top, are our first three. And then we have eight more mm -hmm. kind set of, of things, kind of, filtering of layers. processes. Yeah, right? different yeah. layers. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, you know, if, if number one, if a company's not filtering, <laughs> Yeah, the numbers are going to be like uh, it, yeah. it's many multiples higher. <laughs> yes. yes, many multiples higher. Yeah, but, and, so, and let's be honest, that's been happening in the space. So um, maybe, hopefully, less. Well, not necessarily. I don't think that there was a filtering issue. I think there was an actual counting issue with, and if the, <laughs> if the company that you're referring to or hinting at. Uh, follow steps one, two, and three. We will eliminate that. We'll eliminate yeah. those issues. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I, like I said, that those they follow those first three addendum items, and that'll go a long, long, long way to leveling the playing field across the board. Yeah. And it also sure. gives some other companies sure. maybe some guidance too. I'm, I'm, you know, I I hope that those that were not participating will take a look at this a little bit and say, yes, we're doing this. No, we're not. Yeah. Uh, let's make a tweak. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's, there's platforms and, and to be honest, Spreaker is one of them. Um, you know, I, I submitted those guidelines over to our engineering team and, and I'm pretty confident that they're doing a lot of that already, but yeah. maybe there, there's a little bit of tweaks. Yeah. A little tweaks um, here and there. Be had there. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I, in, 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 it was just like a conversation I had with someone the other day. Uh, one of our commercial customers, they, you know, they said, how come, you know, you've got, uh, um, you know, this huge number from that was uh, of, of uh, partials that were zero to 500 K. And I'm like, uh, those are there for information only. Those are there for not for counting. And then, and as a reminder, you know, we don't count until we hit at least 500 K on the, on the download. And you uh, we went through the process of reminding them why, um, we do that. And, 
So, you know, it's, you know, we're, we're having to reeducate our customers all the time too on, on the data that we provide them. So it's, um, yeah. to make sure that they're, you know, when they're going and putting their reports together, that they have a good report. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I, you know, I, it is what it is. So we'll see what happens. So how was, yeah. how was podcast mid Atlantic? Uh, it was really good. It was a good, good, good group of people. It's a very unusual event. It's, it, it's a, it's like a one day linear track. It's kind of like the, the rain summit kind of mm-hmm. concept, right? Um, so th- there's not multi-tracks. It's just a one presentation after another. Most of the presentations are like uh, 10 minutes long. Really? So, yeah. And then how, there's. How can you do a presentation some, on something in 10 minutes? Well, you talk fast and you're, uh, you're, uh, content packed. So that's the, that's the key. You got to, got to pay attention because they're, they're going fast. I can't even introduce myself in 10 minutes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We're kind of long winded over here, aren't we? Um, it, and then, uh, they did have a couple of sessions and I, I moderated one of them, uh, that were 40 minutes long, which is more, more typical of a, of a conference session. So did they, uh, about, did they break a yeah. hundred or what was their head count? Do you know? I don't know. I didn't actually hear hear a number. It was probably in the seventy range, I think, okay. something like that. So it wasn't a huge event, but um, I did live stream it off a off a speaker. Um, I just set up my Nexus tablet um, right by one of the speakers and streamed it live. So um, that's all been taken down now, but uh, but it was up for about a about a week or so. All the pretty much the whole conference. Um, so, you know, there was quite a bit of social outreach around that, that particular event. And, and I think Joe, Joe Pardo, which, you know, I know that you guys did a article and had him on your, your podcast, the power press podcast, I think, um, uh, talking about it, um, did a, did a terrific job and, and we wanted to be supportive of him. And I know you were a, a sponsor of the event as well. And I saw your materials there and, and, um, I'm just thinking that, you know, next year he could probably be, you know, two or 300 people. Um, it's just, it's that fun of an event, you know, right. he does a really creative job. It's not a typical conference type of event. And mm. I think that could be very attractive to, to, to people on specifically up on the East coast. There's a lot of, there's a lot of podcast activity up there. I think there, there's an opportunity for that event to grow into something much more important in the podcasting industry <clears throat> there's a uh, we got a tweet because someone's having trouble in our chat room so if we're going to be using youtube more we'll have to fix that but um jason bryant says can't post and chat thoughts on this learfordsports.com itunes feeds are using feed burners so i'm looking here learfield i don't have any clue who these folks even are Learford Digital Media announces exclusive podcast partnership, nation's largest and most passionate NCAA programs. Join in to launch podcast series featuring football, men's basketball, and college sports. So, so I guess the question Jason has is because they're using FeedBurner? Well, <laughs> um, my opinions on FeedBurner are pretty strong and have been for many, many years. Don't do it <laughs> and get yeah. off that platform. It's long, it's very, very long in a tooth. Yeah. 
Um, if they're using feed burner feeds, um, you know, just good luck with that. I still, it ends up being our number one tech support issue with, you know, it feed burner just doesn't update. You know, it could be four or five hours before your feed burner feed updates. Or actually makes a copy of your feed and then just place replaces it on their site. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really, Jason, that's, I don't really have anything more than, um, you know, what, there's really no, no reason to, in today's age to use feed burner. So, but, yeah. may, but maybe they don't have a good, maybe they're not on a good platform. Maybe they don't have yeah. a good publishing platform. Yeah. And I'm not sure, um, you know, it looks like Jason sent a link to the Learfield sports, uh, article, I guess about, um, the Digimedia, um, deal. I'm not sure what that has to do with his comment here, but, um, yeah, maybe this group is using feed burner feeds. Maybe that's was the, that's, oh. that's my association here with what he said in his post, but, uh, gotcha. Yeah. Cause the, Digital media folks are part of the the IAB group too. So hey, um, Jason, just uh, go over to Chat and Go and make a make an account. You'll be able to chat in the chat room. I thought you could chat without, but being anonymous too. So, um, all right. So let me see here. What else have we got in the stack here? Um, ESPN. Of course, the uh, we didn't talk a lot about it last week, but the um, um, the IAB. What do they call them? Where they had the whole day event. Uh, oh, the upfronts. Upfronts seemed to gotten a pretty good amount of press and drove yeah. the news cycle quite a bit. And there's a, some news. ESPN took a heavy. Uh, um, they participated heavily in that event, and they've gotten a lot of press um, post event on some of its upcoming long form storytelling that they may be doing in sports. And so, um, you know, that they're a force to be reckoned with. Though, didn't they make some claim that it's like twenty um, percent of all podcast traffic is is through them? I something? would I, like, or one in five podcasters yeah. is that I would have no doubt in that. I would yeah. uh, have no that would not surprise me in the least. You know, sports is huge, and ESPN's huge. So, mm -hmm. um, I, I, you know, like without saying. Without getting into confidential data, they they move up incredible amount of traffic. So um, they're you know they're forced to be reckoned with in the in the um, in the space. And the, this coming week, um, watch out for some new shows being launched as well by some major conglomerates. Uh, so you should see some uh, some some new shows popping uh, later this week. Yeah, as well. I'm still, um, I'm a, still a little bit surprised that um, I was kind of playing around with Spotify this past week too, a little bit, and uh, and <clears throat> they still have podcasts in their that their desktop client. You know, it's only in mobile, I guess. Um, oh, really, which is which makes sense. You know, most of the consumption of podcasts now is on mobile, but I guess it's not across their platform. Um which kind of makes for a little bit of a disjointed experience. So if a person wants to listen to podcasts on their, on their, their Mac or their windows machine or something like that, they can't. Well, I'm uh not, I don't use Spotify too much. Yeah. So. Well, I don't either, but I've, 
I started poking around with it, trying to figure out what, what they're doing. And it, it kind of, it kind of uh, reminds me a lot of, um, Zune, you know, oh. um, <laughs> that whole kind of, kind of experience and then trying to blend in podcasts in there and it, and it feels like uh, it's kind of lost, you know, in there. Well, there's plus, not much in there too from well, a podcast. Plus they standpoint. call it uh, shows. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what they call They don't really call it podcasts per se. Interesting. Hey, Patreon has launched private RSS feeds. Did you hear about this? <clears throat> I I did. I was uh, looking into this. There, it just doesn't surprise me that they they would kind of move this direction. So this is um, this is this is pretty cool. And they offer premium content behind a paywall with its monetization strategy. Yeah. And uh, and a lot of people have challenges putting that together. Uh, you know that we end up helping four or five people a week to to uh, put up yeah. their paywalls. And uh, so anyway, they they've uh, this new offering will help them essentially uh, get uh, secure. Their backers will be able to get the premium podcast. So it's smart yeah. on Patreon to do that. Yeah, it is. Uh, I I I've been thinking for a long time they probably should have had this a long time ago. But um, this is it's great that they have it now. It's kind of funny too because I you know we have a priority list on stuff that we're going to add to PowerPress and the you know building in a um private rss feed with everything tied in and monetization and all that has slowly been creeping its way because we've been getting more requests for it and um so i I imagine what will happen now is that may go a little bit lower on the priority pole um i don't really need to duplicate something that a platform is already well designed to do so um, it well, it makes sense. Yeah, it does kind of kind of raise some other questions. You know, I I tried to deal with some of the the issues around this back when I was working on Zune, um, because you know Zune and Apple have the the ability. I don't know if Apple still has this ability. I don't know, maybe you know um, of actually logging into an RSS feed um, or yeah. logging into um, getting access to episodes. I know that the Zune software had that that ability too. So. Let's say you have an RSS feed, just to give you an example. Um, I also did some experimentations with this with the Fox News people back in the back in the early days of podcasting, um, where I got them to create an RSS feed. The RSS feed was open, right? So it's a premium content offering. The RSS feed is open. It's uh, viewable in a platform like uh, iTunes or Zune at the time. Mm-hmm. But then I told them to lock down the episodes. So, because how, how the platform would work is, is that you could see it in iTunes, but then when you clicked an episode, it would pop up a window where you had to log in right, and use your login and password to get access to the episodes. So you could promote and market it in iTunes and in Zoom and things like that. Um, but to get access, you would have to go to the content creator's website to get an account. Makes um, sense. Yeah. And so what I'm curious about, and I don't know yet with this Patreon model, if they've thought about that. And and I, it's been a long time since I've played around with iTunes to see if they've kept that same functionality. Yeah, they, they have. They've kept okay. that. But here's the thing, really the only weak part of the Patreon yeah. uh, is it's a public feed. And they, they, they will share the feed. But oh, the feed's really so not locked. So it is locked. public then. Okay. Yeah, the feed is public, so it's up to the. Yeah, but it says private R- RSS. Then. Well, it's they create it could them. Could be a, unique, it's right? A it's unique, a unique. Yeah. Feed. 
for that user, which Oh no, which, I think it's the way I read it so far, it's it's a it is a one feed for the group. That's my understanding. Oh it is. Okay. So, so is the feed itself open? It says Patreon discourages users from sharing their private RSS feed links, but it's unclear if Patreon will be actively monitoring the use of these seeds for potential infringement. So maybe each person does get a their own feed. We'll have to ask someone if they've experienced. Yeah, with and this. that's and that's that's good to a certain degree, but what it creates is this situation where, uh, and I don't know what Apple's position is on this, but it creates this situation where um, people are cut and pasting RSS feeds around. Um, I think it would be much better to have this work with just create an account, right, and have that feed available in iTunes as a premium feed. So yeah. you just would title that in iTunes as a premium feed. I don't know if Apple is okay with this, but, um, and then you just give out accounts. Mm-hmm. That would be a better way of doing it, I think. Yeah, but kind of in my, my opinion too. But again, you know, there's no, well, there's a couple of perfect solutions, but they're harder to do. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to be harder to, to do on other um, platforms like Overcast. And they'll say, I, I don't know if, if, uh, I think most if, of those uh, downcast, Marcos, overcast will you know, support it. That. Yeah, do they, they? Yeah, they do. Okay. Yeah, it's, I hadn't heard that discussion. It really hasn't. This whole issue hasn't really been talked about that much in the industry that I've heard anyway in many years. Um, but I, I guess each. I, I guess it's not. I guess it's a public-private feed. If, if if that makes sense to you, and that's what it appears they're giving. They're giving you a link. And it's not locked down, so if you share it, someone else will be able to get the private content. So it it's it looks like each person gets a individual feed. Yeah, it's a public private feed. <laughs> Which, I think that's yeah. I think that's a, that's a little bit of a mistake, yeah. uh, if you ask me. But, well, um, again, they're not in the podcast business; they're in the Patreon business. So. I think it's, you know, most people that pay for stuff don't share it. That's true. So, you know, if you've paid for something, you feel privileged to pay for it and you don't share it. So I'm sure there'll be a certain amount of it that's shared. But I don't think, you know, again. And a certain amount of these may be submitted to iTunes. Ooh, that would be bad. Well, but I could see it happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. pe- people don't 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 really realize it. Mm-hmm. If this is an open feed, right? Right, right. People could cut and paste it into and iTunes that just completely or Google defe- Play. defeats the purpose of having the yeah, yeah. And that's that was the whole reason why I was talking to the the Fox News folks because they they have a lot of premium stuff too. Mm-hmm. I just said, you know, that's going to happen. So immediately, the only way you can get around that, that, yeah, is to keep keep the feed open but lock down the episodes. Right. It's the only way that's going to work. Um, but all these clients have to be able to support that. I think most of them do. Um, yeah. At least the major ones do that I'm aware of. Yeah. So it'd be great to get, I, I don't know. I, I think a couple of years ago I was, a I, I almost got a guy on from, on the show from Patreon. It would be good. You know, the founder of it almost came on, right. I think, or did, or did he come on? I can't remember. I, I it's been so long. I don't now. think he did. Okay. Yeah. There's also news that uh, Forbes is uh, has four podcasts joining Podcast One, and I, I, mainly shows I've never listened to. Hiding the bathroom, the premise, mentoring moments, the limit does not exist. 
I just wonder how many, you know, how these shows do volume wise. You know, it's, uh, I get, if you're a Forbes fan, I guess you're subscribed to these. I don't know. Have you listened to any of these? Well, no, you I probably haven't. used to. No, well, they weren't <clears throat> part of podcast one when I was there. Yeah. So this is all something, something new. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's Norm doing his wheeling and dealing yep. with the, with the guys out there and people have this perception that podcast one is the place to be. And a lot of, a lot of people pass through the, those, those doors and some don't stay and some stay. So there's just one of those things. And if we have any Canadians <clears throat> listening to the show and I'm got morning voice, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Canada's getting its first international podcast festival. It's called the hot docs podcast festival. Oh, November 18th and 20th in Toronto. And There's a lot of podcast events starting to pop yeah, up around the country. Yeah, a lot of them, yep. I know that yeah, we... I was, Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I was li listening to Rob Walsh's The Feed, and he was, at the end of a, every episode, he runs through all, all of the events that he's going to be attending. <laughs> and and I think, you know, it's kind of like us, too. I mean, over the last year or so, we... You know, we all go to a lot of conferences now, and it's the, those lists of events is getting longer and longer and longer. And in, in, in fact, I was like, it's the sponsorship stuff's gotten a little out of control. So I was like, all right, we need a list on January 1st. I need to go through and budget. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, 500 bucks here, 1,000 bucks there, 250 here, 1,500 there. And yeah. next thing I've got is I have $35,000 in podcast sponsorships rolled up for the year. And I'm like, you know, yeah. which one of these do I need to cut? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, on, on Tuesday of this week, I'm having the same call with our, our speakers marketing director, and we're going to hash out what, what events we're going to participate in this next year. And it's the same process. It sounds like what you're going through. Yeah. Because, you know, there's as much as I want to support, you know, and I also look at, you know, I have a dollar amount I assign if, you know, if an event like the podcast DC events coming up, uh, and yeah, I'm not going to that. Yeah. So I attended last year and I knew what their head count was. And I asked them again, you know, how many of you got registered this year? And they told me, and, and I looked at their sponsor package and I said, listen, I said, you know, I, I appreciate you need to raise $5,000. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, That's that, you know, I, I can't, too much. I can't pay X number of dollars per head. I said, this is, you know, this is typically, you know, I, I look at the attendance and I have to do a, you know, I divide that and you know what, it, it's, it's great to wave the flag. And I like to be able to support companies in, in support events when I can, but yeah. I'm also, you know, let's, let's be frank. I, I just can't spend money to spend money too. I got to get something yeah. out of that budget. I got to show some sales and some, you know, some impact. So yeah, it's, uh, it's a marketing budget. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Or promotions or yeah, customer so acquisitions budget. Exactly. So we're going to yeah. be looking at that pretty heavy starting in the beginning of the year. I've already committed yeah. for the Florida event and I, I'm not looking any further out than that at this point. Yeah. I'm actually, it's looking like I'm going to be involved in that event too. So it's, I'll be seeing you down there, I guess. Yeah. Down in, down in Orlando at I, the, Pod, I haven't, Podfest I haven't asked them to participate or anything yet. I don't know. If I probably should, probably should email them. I've just I've just been buried doing other stuff. We've got a lot of stuff going on. Mm -hmm. 
And not to mention, I get on an airplane here in about nine hours. I'll be on the East Coast all next week. There will be no oh, wow. show. Yeah, no show next Saturday. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. I will not be home. So I've got two East Coast trips, kind of like I go to East Coast for a week, I come back for a week, and then I'm back in the East Coast for a week. It's weird. And I might be in Denver. So <laughs> yeah, it's good to be busy, but uh, it's typically yeah. at the end of the year, I don't, I don't like to have to travel as much, but that's yeah. not well, that's way. a long, that's, that's a long way for you to go. That's six hours. It's, <clears throat> it's not necessarily the flights. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it. I'm used to it because, you know, I yeah. leave here on a Saturday night to get in Sunday, you know, then I'm ready to do business Monday. It's fine. But yeah. the problem is, is if I have appointments on Friday, I have to fly home on Saturday. There's no, you can't get any, you can't get here unless you leave like at 6 a.m. from the East Coast. So it's, that's the challenge. Yeah. Well, your trips to the East Coast are like me flying to Europe. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty 10 hours. Yeah. 10 hours, yeah. 10 hours total. Yeah. Yep. But I've done it so much that, you know, I just, I'd be honest with you, it's a sleeping pill and good night. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. So, yeah. And, and we're starting to plan our, our next, uh, Spreaker retreat you, in, you, uh, you in Europe do, in December. You yeah. guys do those twice a year now then, huh? Yeah. Every, every six months wow. we get together in, in Europe and it looks like the, it's all going to be done in uh, South Italy, so is where we're going to go this time. <laughs> well, we don't go any place as nice as that. We usually go to like Chicago in February during our winter retreat. Snowed but, in, yeah. You can get all your work done, so there's yeah. no fun the, and frolic. This year, we're going to do it in uh, in Orlando because of the. Uh, oh, you are. Oh, yeah, awesome. because we're going to do in because uh, Pod uh, Fest Florida finishes. Then there's like two and a half days before Proclaim starts, so we're just going to. You know, I'll go to PodFest Florida, go to the our retreat, and then a couple of team members will stay from the retreat and go to Proclaim. So uh, we're splitting the difference on uh, time. Okay. I just can't afford yeah. to be out for 10 days straight um, in, in conferences. I'd, you know, it just would be too much. So uh, another team members are going to take Proclaim. I'm, I think Mackenzie and I are going to take PodFest, so... Um, hey Todd, I saw on your uh, on the the uh, page of Pod to Pod, you know that, mm -hmm. that that news that podcasting news site. He linked to an article um, done by Matthew McLean, I guess, on the the podcasthost.com site, talking about how much editing should I do in my podcast. It's the first article <laughs> I've ever seen talking about this topic about how to edit. Uh, uh, long pauses and interruptions, ums and ahs. He kind of outlines uh, what you what, should do or yeah, if you exactly. should even do it. Yeah. And cer certain points in any conversation, overlapping, removing entire segments. Um, yeah. He kind of outlines kind of what, what people do or what you maybe what you might consider doing and how to, how to do it. I think it's an interesting topic because I've spent a lot of time over the years editing audio and and uh, there's a good way to do it and a bad way to do it. <laughs> well, luckily, I have been able to podcast <laughs> for 12 years, and I don't do it. Yeah, I would right. not be podcasting for 12 years had I done it. But a lot of people do because yeah, they, yeah. they record segments. Um, I mean, I do it with the Spreaker Live Show um, because I, I'll record an interview 
at a different time and I'll put it into the show and you have to kind of edit it and put it in there and, and, um, yeah, I like to clean up my audio as much as I can though, though we don't do that here, but, um, but yeah, I've definitely learned not to over edit, because uh, it can sound very unnatural. Here's the problem. Um, with my tech show, there's no time to edit. That's a, that content is uh, getting old the moment it comes out of my mouth. And so it may already be 6 to 12 hours old to yeah. begin with. So there's no time to edit. This show, we could probably hire someone to edit. But let's be honest. It's just, you know, I... I well, it's not the premise of the show. No. The show is, no. you know, pull pull down the microphone, launch Skype, and just start talking. You know, yeah. that's our that's our concept here that we've been doing for years. And I just can't. Uh, if, if I had to edit, I would. I, I I wouldn't last. I'd be done in the first week. You know, there's just too much other stuff happening, um, and I would yeah. be divorced. My wife would come in here like, "What the hell are you doing?" You know, I, I got, you need to mow the yard. I got three more hours of editing to do. And she'd be like, no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, three hours. I'm going shopping. And when a wife tells you I'm going shopping. <laughs> You're going shopping. Oh, no, no, no. She's going shopping. And then you will, she's, oh, okay. you will suffer the ramifications of the credit card bill when it comes. <laughs> Ever have your yeah. wife do that to you? Go shopping, uh, revenge shopping? No, actually, actually, <laughs> my wife doesn't really do uh, that much. My wife only anymore. did it once, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was lucky. So, so I got to meet uh, uh, Matthew Passy oh. at, the, at the Mid-Atlantic Podcast Conference. He was there, and, and so he's the one that's r- 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 running what I think is one of the better – uh, podcast news sites now. So, which site does he have? He has the pod to pod. Oh, but he, Matthew works with. Um, he okay. He's he's not the originator. Well, he may be. No, he's no, a partner yeah, with Joe. Joe. Yeah, Joe Berman is the yeah. is the founder of it. Right, but, right, right, uh, right. But Matthew's the one that manages the content. Oh. So. But they don't. They you know I've asked. They don't write any content. They just link to link, content. Link to other people's content. Yeah. yeah. But that that's something that's needed. They they have an area with podcast jobs. Mm-hmm. They've got it all here. They've got a list of all of the podcast events on their homepage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's the most kind of up-to-date and consolidated website in the podcasting space besides your podcaster news site i think is the other one and that site was definitely designed though rob for actual writing articles about the articles so that's the difference between podcaster news and pod to pod and i actually Mm -hmm. had talked with the team a little bit uh, a month or so ago about you know we have to figure out how we can you know basically cover some of the stuff that we don't write about Uh, yeah but uh yeah they do a great job this site this is where i go to look for latest news and information they they miss one every once in a while i've sent sure. them a couple but uh you know you can't find everything yeah and not all all of the companies probably even know about him yeah so you know that's just it's an example of how kind of disjointed this industry is it's not a it's not a it's not a cohesive industry it never has been yeah 
we've tried to support Joe and his team over there for a while, but I think we've been a sponsor for three, four. We were sponsoring his newsletter to begin with, and then yeah. uh, they combined it up, and so we're in both. Um, his newsletter is uh, basically a compilation of uh, all the latest news in the past week as compared to uh, Nick Qua's biased East Coast bubble newsletter. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I have to... I have to subscribe to his newsletter because I'm not currently subscribed to it. Yeah, so it's so. A, it's and again it's it's everything you see on the website. So it's definitely, uh, um, you know, kind of the it's it's just the highlights for the week, which is good. Because it's I'm always go and I go through that newsletter. And I'm like, oh, what's this person they had to say? And and they do a good job of covering uh, all the companies too. So if the if something has been put out by by Libsyn or us, or even I think even you guys, Rob, they they cover articles mm. that have been covered by the podcast companies too. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I just uh, subscribed to his uh, his newsletter, so so I encourage everyone to do that. Let's listen to the show. Let's get over there to podpod.com dot com and uh, and subscribe. I, I haven't seen Michael in a long time. So is he actually still doing a podcast then, Michael? Is it, is it was wasn't his pay? What is his name? That's the partner for Pod to Pod. Oh, the the Pod to Pod. Yeah, fellow. Not, um, not Joe. Joe Berman. Not Joe. You're about? just talking about the other guy. Yeah, yeah. I met um, Matthew. Oh, Matthew. At, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. At uh, at the Mid Atlantic. But podcast. he's been involved. If if I remember correctly, he had a podcast before, didn't he? I'm sure. Oh well, I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah. yeah. Or, uh, okay. Okay, he's a podcast producer from for uh, Radia Inc. So I'm not sure what that okay. is. I thought he's been around in the space for quite a while. I'm I might be wrong, but maybe I got him messed up with mixed up with someone else. Matthew, yeah. if you're listening, uh, just send us an email. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tell us what your history is. Radiate is the is the company that he's he's associated with and it does it's like uh it's got events and he does some conversations oh okay um it doesn't doesn't specifically well it doesn't specifically use the word okay here's podcast our season two of a podcast is available it's uh, radiate with betty lou hmm so it it looks like he's he's getting involved in producing podcasts. Gotcha. I thought he did a podcast years before, so I apologize. Maybe he if probably I'm wrong. did. Yeah. 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 So, anything else that happened at Mid Atlantic? Um, they had a session there that was kind of kind of funny. It was like a dating game session where where they had a a a woman that was trying to pick between a um, three podcast consultants. And so they played the dating game music. Yeah. And they the um, the woman that that was try, trying to start a podcast was asking a bunch of questions of the podcast consultants to oh. pick pick them as as her consultant. And so they kind of went through. They did this whole parody with um, the whole dating game thing. So a lot of the questions were like uh, dating related questions, but it was <laughs> kind of for podcasting. So they kind of combined the concept of you know, the needs of a podcaster looking for a consultant and, you know, trying to find a 
a date. Right. So they kind of played off that. So, so David Jackson was, was one of the consultants that was there that was considered. So who, who ended up winning, do you know? Um, Tina Dietz, who's a podcaster. Um, she's not really a podcast consultant per se, but she. But she, she won the podcast consulting game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had, she answered the questions right. So I had a, um, I posted something on Twitter uh, yesterday or day before. I, I had a podcaster call me and um, was very upset. I mean, to the point of, uh, you know, I, I could tell he um, was passionate about his podcast and um, challenges. His show had just stagnated. It just did kind of. Uh, to you know, it did flatlined, and uh, he was just beyond frustrated. And I um, and I'm I I don't normally like to just kind of like tear down a person's show or anything like that. And I and and I I told him I you know, and it came at a kind of a bad time during the day. I didn't have a lot of time to talk, but I've made a, a point to answer my phone. Um, I tried not to not answer my phone I always try to answer calls um yeah and uh so I, you know I spent about 20 minutes with him and I said well let's let's just look at your website and um and it was some crazy link and I I said um, number one we're gonna start right here you know I started talking about you know the you know being able to get to your site easily and, and I'm you know talked about uh, the new top level domains and everything that's available no excuse these days not to have you know domain to go into your website that is not 52 characters long and mm -hmm. um, so you know I got on his website and I kind of determined real quickly what was going on there and um, it he was on a platform that is extremely limited and I and I'm I'm not even going to say the platform uh, they're relatively new Um but it was extremely limited on what he could do with the site. It was um, um, just a continuous river of information. There was no sidebar, a little bit of header information. Um, I mean, just really poor. And I was like, can we pick a different theme? And he said, this is it. And we talked quite a little bit. And, um, and of course, I immediately started doing Google searches. And I'm not finding this guy even in Google. And he has a you know, relatively good topic. And... Uh, later on, I had listened to, after the call, I subscribe and listen to the show. He's got a great show. But, but I think a lot of podcasters are absolutely killing themselves out of the gate. Um, they're so focused on doing the content that they really, they, if they, they spend 90% of their time doing content and 10% and of the time worrying about their social and um, website presence. And yeah. uh, I told the guy, I said, this is the problem. I said, I can't find you in Google. I, I put your show name and I can't find it. And I said, number one, it's because of this stupid domain. You, or I didn't really say it that way. If he's listening today, I'm sorry, but it was. It was a this stupid link you have to your show. Um, and and I, you know, I, after I went through this and talked to him, um, I, I just posted this thing. Don't come crying to me if you're on a locked-in vertical. You know, yeah, podcasters have to make wise choices on, uh, and some are better than others. 
you know, and, and some of the, you know, some of the verticals are doing a really good job. We give the podcasters a lot of flexibility and, um, but there's, it's just this ongoing nag in the back of my brain thinking, okay, here you got this great show. This guy's doing a good job. But if he had just spent 25% of the time that he was spending on creating the show on his web presence. Uh, yeah. On his online presence. Yeah. It would be a lot better. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I really encourage podcasters, if your show's flatline, you really need to take a look at your destination. And, you know, you have to arrive at your destination as if you were a brand new listener coming to your page for the very first time. And in in 10 seconds, maybe less, you got to decide whether or not this site and this person is worthy of my time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you you know, you have to really keep that in mind and take this. You got to step back, put the pride down, you know, humble yourself and, and look at your website because I, I really think this is part of the problem in this space is people just not, they, they could get a lot further along with their shows if they paid attention to their, to their IP, to their properties. Mm-hmm. I don't do you, what do you see this Rob or you know what, what Oh yeah I think I mean I think one of the challenges that, that I think um is is presented to everybody is that as things go more mobile it's uh putting putting a strain on people's perceptions of the importance of their their website um I mean I I have those doubts sometimes too when I I think about my my websites and the importance of a website when so many people are spending most of their time in apps um, and I think that's, that's maybe what's happening here is that there's a shift in emphasis because of people's perceptions of the importance, um, and the, and the traffic to a website. Um, but I think there's also a direct correlation to traffic to the website and activity and, and keeping your website up to date too. Um, you know, you can neglect it and then you can beat it up because it's not performing. Um, you know, it's, you know, that's kind of like a catch 22 situation. Um, I don't know what's your thought. I mean, you run a very active website yourself and you're, you're offering, uh, websites with your, um, plans, uh, through Blueberry. And so, I mean, is, is a website still really important to building, building a show? Well, I, 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 I just look at the mobile traffic that comes to Geek News Central. Yeah. And look at that and so look in mobile browsers going to your web page, right? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Okay. Tablets. Yeah. In order we have to all think of how we're using the web right now. Are you staying in an app the entire time or are you using a mobile browser? You know, are you, you, know, in, you Oh know? yeah, I use them. Well, usually I use a mobile browsers to consume content. Yeah. But usually it's written content. Right. But occasionally it'll be a podcast. And do you have content on your website that makes it worthwhile for a person to even come there in the first place? That's the question. That's the key, yeah. right? And and are you using a player on your website that will actually play content right. on a mobile browser right. too? Is the other question, right? And I think um, most people do, but these days, yeah, yeah. Right. But you know, it just goes back to this thing you're talking about, or we were talking about at the beginning of the show about me getting locked out of Facebook. Yeah, you know, if if my point of presence was solely dependent upon Facebook, I would be uh, hanging myself from a rafter right now. Yeah. But what is affected is my social outreach is limited right now because I have my limited Facebook, but my web traffic is still hammering. I'm not 
my, my, I'm not going to lose listeners. I'm not going to, um, you know, sure, the social interaction in, in my business is going to be impacted from a social standpoint here until I get my account back. But, you know, everyone takes breaks from Facebook for a couple of days. So uh, hopefully I have my account back. If I don't, I'll have to start a new presence and, you know, it'll be fun doing that. Uh, like, uh, yeah. Haha. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, it's not the end of the world because I still have my people in the word. You know, they're like, where's Todd's Facebook page? What the hell's going on? Oh, mm-hmm. let me go over to the website. Let me go to Geekin Central and see what's happening. And right on the, hey, they ran the page. Tell, I sent a newsletter to my audience. Say, hey, I lost my access to Facebook. I'm not on. You know, yeah. so it's, I'm not impacted. My show's not impacted. And uh, my business isn't impacted. Um, because I have, uh, you know, I have a, I have a point of presence. And I have, I have my own intellectual property that no one can take away. Facebook can't take away geekincentral.com. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, or newmediashow.com or podcastlegends.com. Yeah. Hey, Todd, did you see this this extensive article in the NeimanLab.org yeah, yeah, site yeah. from, from was it, uh, just a couple of days ago? Yeah, what would you think of that piece? I, I'm i just skimming it right now. Um, it wasn't bad. No, it's not it doesn't look like it's a bad article. It lo- lo- looks like it's pretty factually accurate. Um, I'm not sure that it really draws any significant conclusions. Though. No. It's just full of info. It's just full, full of quotes. Um, yeah. I, I still don't know why, uh, audibles, um, in, in the article, <laughs> but besides that, um, uh, audible is not podcasting folks. Just so you know, yeah. they they have yeah. audio programming. Yeah, and that that company has confused itself with the podcasting space for many years. So this is uh, not something that is new to anybody that's been around this medium for a long time. Um, and I, I think is that the article Art Nineteen gets another quote where they say absolutely shit. They don't say anything. They just say, they, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really uh, short of uh, any kind of. Uh, clarification on what they're doing which is very typical of them they're being very secretive which well because they're not really doing anything <laughs> well that and plus you know the that they're just getting press because they're giving the impression that they're innovative yeah i i, um, I told angela i said we need to announce an api and he said what up i said it doesn't have to be anything we don't have to publish a spec or nothing we'll just say we have an api from for metrics <laughs> yeah there you go. Like, like that's so innovative, though, Todd. But, no, we'll just we'll just say but, we have an but, API for metrics, and then not explain what we've got. There you go. That's, <laughs> and then that's going to get the media all like in a yeah. Catnip well, what are what, right? what are, what are you like, doing? That's oh, oh my we, god. Yeah, we have breaking. A, we have breaking an a, news. Yeah, API to measure uh, measure when someone's press play in a you know <laughs> in a web player. There's an API connection there. I know when somebody push play. Yeah. 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 So you that go. that you know, I, that's just the comedy of the whole thing at this point. And yeah. uh, you know, let's let's just be let's just call a spade a spade. You know, they're not willing to come out and defend themselves. I'm just going to say what they're not doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but it does look like that uh, you guys got mentioned in the article. Yeah. Um, yeah. Blueberry and Lipson. 
I'm not sure what the context of why they even mentioned you guys, yeah, really. I guess it it's says, something to do with the IB doc or something. So consider the work of Art19, Panoply, Megaphone, PRX, Dovetail, AdsWiz, um, Acast, Raw, Raw Voice, Blueberry, and Lipson, alongside those of longtime radio tech player Triton, you know. And, about, but what was the context so, of what we're supposed to be referred to as? I It, <laughs> it was very unclear. Exactly. Pay it's attention, like why, but why pay attention? Why are you guys even listing those companies? There was no context to no listing context any of those to companies. I, I, I appreciate the, you know, the mention, but, um, but there was, okay, what did we do? Yeah, exactly. What was? <laughs> why are you listing all the companies? So consider right, the right. work of Art Nineteen. Consider the da, work da, 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 of. Da. Work but, of. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> the but, work of. I mean, yeah. I mean, they could have listed Spreaker in there too, and it would yeah, have had no yeah, bearing on yeah. anything either, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so anyway, yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of a silly article that. Sometimes kind of, I get uh, I get so pissed off. I read stuff, and I'm like. You know, and I, what I really want to do is just write an article about the article and just be, you know, write a parody piece to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Todd, it's funny that these, none of these journalists want to talk to us. Because right. Right. They never, they're going to hear what the reality is of all this bullshit. Right. Right. I hate to say it. You know, <laughs> I, I probably shouldn't use that term on this show, but, um, and it's not going to make their fluff piece look very good. No. So, yeah, yeah, I'm a little, you know, and and honestly, we've had a fair amount of the people that are listed in this article on this show before, right? And I, I know most of them, um, and they're all, you know, they're all good people yeah. that are trying to do yeah. do, do important and, things and, and don't in take, the space. Don't take this wrong. We're not dogging the, you know, well, except for one company, we've been dogging. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's. They they all do good things in their own right, you know. Yeah, and they're just caught up in the the opportunity that the you know these journalists uh, are presenting to them to uh, to pontificate, right, right? Right. And they're it's very agenda driven. Um, it's not really always what the facts are. Yeah. So, yeah, one of these days, Todd. <laughs> Well, what we should, you know, and also what happens is, is, uh, you know, some of these companies are being very proactive on the PR, so they're soliciting articles from companies. Well, so, they're on the East Coast, and yeah. a lot of these articles come out of media companies on the East Coast, yeah. and they're all friends with each other. Yeah, and uh, so, you know, that is, and, and you have to take that into account, and I do. So, yeah. I think the main thing is, you know, and to be honest with you, keep the press coming. <laughs> Good. You know, yeah, it doesn't matter it's if good. it's good news or bad news. It's all good, and it's you know it. I mean, I mean, a lot of these articles confuse people as much as help, right? Um, because they get the wrong impression about things that isn't really you know. I still hear stuff from people saying that, oh, it's so good to know that the podcast industry has has come back so strong <laughs> from its dark days, you know. Years ago, when you know when it was failing, and you know it's like, yeah, I, I don't hear that. Oh, I hear that occasionally uh, from folks um, that have been kind of out of the pocket from the industry mm -hmm. for for you know, 
I just heard it just the other day from talking to a person that, that was one of the key people that kind of built podcasting originally, but it, you know, that was his perception of what was happening. And, uh, cause I mean, a lot of, a lot of people don't see the big picture, like, like you and Rob and, and, and myself of long-term data, right. That, that actually says that this industry has been steadily growing every freaking year oh, since it started. Guess what I forgot to do. Uh-oh. Oh, some people have been waiting on this show for me to give this data. <gasps> what, what are you doing there, Todd? Did you see the pool that I ran? Mm-mm. No. Okay. All right. I ran a pool amongst some uh, podcasters that are in a chat room. And I asked them, okay, here's my comment. I had Angela running a bunch of queries today, so there's an so here's an office pool that I'll provide the answer for on the new media show next Saturday. How many active podcasts are there that published at least this is I'm telling you folks, this is this is this is hot stuff, what I'm about ready to tell you. Almost wow. forgot. Steamy. Yeah. <clears throat> How many active podcasts are there that have published at least one episode in the past 30 days? Okay. So let's, let's set the table here. What's the, where's this data coming from? And it's coming from Blueberry. Okay. And it's how many podcasts, cause we've got all the podcasts, 300 and let me see what the actual number is right now. Okay. So you guys have a complete data set. Yeah. Of every podcast in the universe. I keep hitting my damn nose on the mic. You see that? <laughs> now tell the truth, Todd, and you, uh, you'll do that less. No, uh, that's right. <laughs> bang, 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 Pinocchio, right? <laughs> All right, so uh, programs here. So as of this very moment, there's 339,711 shows listed on Blueberry.com. Um. Okay, so I had Angela pull, and I, this was, you know, <laughs> I made his brain explode because I gave him a whole bunch of criteria. And it, really, the first criteria was one episode, published one brand new episode in the month of, see, we're, we're in September, in August. Okay, 90, last month. Okay, so did I just say it? But here's the, here were the, yeah. Yeah, here were the guesses. Um, so, uh one person guessed 94K, another person guessed 140, another person guessed uh, 175, um, Rob uh, Walsh guessed 180 in the last 30 days. So, drum roll, please. Da -da 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 -da. Yeah, I think it's about half. Yeah. 91,000. What? 91,000 shows produced a single episode in the month of August. You know, what would be interesting to, to know is what that trend line looks like over consecutive months. Okay, that's, that's coming. Uh, that'll be a blog okay. post. Now, so what I did then, I'm like, okay, Angelo, let's take that to 60 days. Now, we're adding 1,000, 1,200 shows to Blueberry a week. That's, you know, that's pretty, and it's, it could be as high as 3,000, but maybe not quite that high. So if you take... You know, the number of brand new shows that were, you know, that were added uh, or, or were existed. But if you look at a 60 day period, just the raw number without subtracting the number of new shows and, you know, really 
that was 131. <clears throat> so 131K has produced a, a, an, a, an episode within the last 60, 60 days. days. 60 days. Right. Okay. Now, if you think about that, okay, so if we had 131,000 within the last 60 days and you only had 91,000 within the last 30 days and you subtract the number of new shows that were added, you know, what I mean there, and you, yeah. you let's say you take off six or 7,000, that takes you down to 124 or so. Mm-hmm. How many of those shows that were 60 days have actually already failed the next month? So I'm, I'm going to have some good shit, um, soon. We are, I've got a list this long of queries that, and I'm basically showing about 18 inches of line data that I want queries on to be able to determine uh, failure rates on podcasts. And, um, because, you know, I've always said for years and years and years, shows make it to episode seven, most shows don't make it, 50% of shows don't make it episode seven and blah, 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 blah. I've always said that one saying. So I want some exact brand new numbers and that is forthcoming. But um, what do you think of that number, Rob? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I'm not, I mean, I am a little surprised that it's as low as it is. Well, you figured that there's, we've got 339,000 shows that were in the system from the beginning of time from the beginning of podcasting because we don't, we don't remove dead shows or pod faded shows. I don't pull shows out that are, so we're going to go back and look at year, you know, we're going to look at this, you know, well, if you're adding 2000 new shows a month or a thousand or 1500 a week, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I see what you're saying. And I know we're adding, uh, Spreaker's adding a lot of new shows every week. And I know Lipson's adding new shows every week. Yep. Um, that number should be growing pretty quickly. I would well, that, think. that number gets rolled up. That's everything. That's Libsyn. That's you guys. That's if, if they've submitted to iTunes, we have the, they gets added to blueberry. Yeah, sure. So that number should be growing pretty, pretty quickly and new shows you would think would be publishing episodes, right? So, um, that, that should add to the pool of active shows, but it also, um, is indicative of uh, what I've continued to say for many years is that there's an extremely high failure rate from the very yeah, beginning. Yeah, because if those, those numbers are being boosted based on a, a high rate of influx of new shows, yeah. that means that to have that many shows or that few of shows that are active, that means that the failure um, rate's really high. Those older shows are dropping out like flies. Yeah. And what we're going to tell you is we're going to come up with some numbers like how what's the average number of shows? Okay, so for a show that hasn't been producing in 90 days, how many episodes did they create? We're going to come up with those numbers too. We're going to run that data to be able to say, all right, a show that hasn't produced in uh, uh, you know 90 days, considering if they haven't produced a show in 90 days, they're, they're pod-faded. How many episodes did they really, did they create in their lifetime of their show? Over what period? And all those, you know, yeah. in in all those weird things. Yeah. It'd be great to really analyze all that because I think what you can start to come up with is kind of a trend line Mm -hmm. for the direction of the podcasting industry. Yep. Just in a general sense, is it trending towards uh, big quality shows? And so it gets back to our, our concern about 
this this kind of separation between professional podcasting and long tail podcasting. Yeah. Is is long tail podcasting um, failing? And uh, I think it's an interesting question that I don't think it, you know anybody really has an answer for. But just based on what you've said so far, I'm I'm a little concerned that maybe long tail podcasting is uh, not not working out. Well, we know that there's, you know, that's another number I want. How many shows that start started two years ago are still with us? Yeah, you know how long and, are. And is that number accelerating based on the the noise of the media landscape that that only um, these big shows like you know are covered in this article? Well, uh, it, or, it, it, I or, think my prediction is that, that and based on what information Angela has been able to provide me so far, my prediction is that uh, you know we'll see uh, you know ten or fifteen, maybe twenty percent of shows survive beyond two years. You know. Two and ten will get to two years. That's my that's that's my initial prediction. Yeah, and and is that that content creation engine going to slow down at some point? That's a good question. I don't know. So it's going to be fun doing this exercise. As a matter of fact, I made his brain hurt a little bit because I'm getting all these different you know, scenarios. Scenarios, yeah. So if you have a scenario you want us to run to add to this list, um, and I'm probably going to get shot for telling you guys that number that we've came up with initially, but um, I, I just it gives you some food for thought here over the next week. But that just um, yeah, it just shows you. But it's also you know it's it, it's also not a good sign either because it it seems like anyway that. If there's that few of shows, um, you know, the, the audience growth is going to be stunted as well. Well, or it's going to be more. Bigger shows across a smaller number of, mm-hmm. or of shows, right? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you know, the majority of us can't even list off the top of our heads more than 100. So 91,000 is still a big number. It is, yeah. It's still a big number. That's still a lot of shows that are act, you know, have produced, you know, that and the and again, you know, it's a this was just a a quick look at one single episode. You know, the, the next question is how many produced two episodes or three or four or you know what's the you know what's the consistency rate? All that stuff is. Yeah, I heard um, a, a comment. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I thought it was from the Apple folks um, telling me that about half of their catalog was active in the last month. I, I just recall about, about half. Yeah. So that's, that, that's what I was told when I was with them. Well, not according to, I guess to if the, you look at, I mean, they could be looking at a, a, a year data set too, to right. make that statement. Cause it's also possible I was thinking about this. Um, August may be a time frame when a lot of podcasters take Could maybe be. take some time off. Sure, right? sure. So you may see a drop off there that maybe wouldn't yep. be yep. the case in September, October, November. Yeah, like I said, September was you know if you look at the pure numbers was one thirty one. So yep. you know, so you take the ninety k and then there was an additional forty k that were active and you know within sixty days. So. Um, yeah, once we look at the data more deep, we'll be able to tell where the, 
where the trend line is. But I see a lot of people that start an episode, start a show, and they do one episode, and then it takes them a while to get their next episode out. Yeah. So, and then also, uh, what's the percentage of the shows or the number of shows that are producing an episode every week? Right, right. That's all important stuff. Rob, I hate to do this to you, but uh, oh, I think we're done. I got to be on the road in nine minutes with a kid for soccer, and I don't think he's out of bed yet. So, oh, uh, that's a problem. Yeah, right. it'll be okay. He'll he'll wake up and put on a soccer gear and and eat on the way, then throw up on the field. So, well, anyway, I hope, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. And if any have any contacts in Facebook, I I need help. <laughs> help Todd. I help getting back online. You can email me geeknews at gmail dot com or reach out to on Twitter at geeknews. Rob, where can I get you at? Oh, just uh, on, on Twitter, uh, at Rob Greenlee with two E's, and then robgreenlee.com and spreaker.com and spreakerliveshow.com if you want to catch my my weekly show that I do for Spreaker talking about tips for podcasting. Everyone, thanks for being here. And there will be no show next Saturday because I'm going to be on the road. Well, Rob, mm. if you want to do one by yourself, you can do that. But other than that, everyone, thanks for being here. <laughs> we'll, okay. see, we'll see you next time on the on the new media show.